Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. And then I started to bring in paraprofessionals um, like medical assistants yeah. to uh, train them to be my assistants. And I, I coined the term assistant care management okay. to describe and differentiate them from a certified geriatric care manager. Yeah. So that's how the company grew. to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, co-host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, I have the opportunity to sit down with Cindy Haas, founder of Grace Care Management that serves San Diego County. What I really like about my time with Cindy, and I've known her for a couple years now, is that she doesn't sugarcoat the ups and downs of care management and the challenges that come with managing the lives of seniors and their families. Cindy has a huge heart and she reveals the challenges of starting a business and the challenges of what comes along with care management. She also explains what care management is and how care management didn't really exist so much in the 80s and 90s. And even today, there's just not enough geriatric care managers. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you do, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. And of course, check out more episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or pophealthpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the show. Cindy, can you tell us something about you that might surprise the audience? Maybe something outside of healthcare, even? Yes, I think I can do that. Um, when I was young, um, I would say, you know, somewhere between eight to 16, even, so not so young, I wanted to be a Benedictine contemplative nun. I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? I wanted to be a contemplative nun. So ah. the, the Benedictine order is a Catholic order. It's a monastic order Okay. Uh, going back to St. Benedict. And um, the contemplative orders uh, don't do teaching or nursing or any such thing. They are devoted specifically to prayer. Interesting. What motivated or inspired that as a young woman? Well, I've always had a very strong uh, faith in God and um, a, a real pull, call towards service and a life of, of closeness with God. Okay, cool. So what, at what point did you say, maybe shift away from that thought to look at nursing as a career? That's really kind of a complex process. All I can really say is that it seemed in my early 20s, it seemed like it was a very pragmatic decision and I had always been interested in spirituality, obviously, and also holistic healing, alternative healing. Uh, I used to say I was too alternative for my own good. Okay. Um, so it, a lot of things came together, a confluence of factors that pointed towards healthcare as a, a good meeting place for those streams. Okay, cool. So tell us about um, your nursing career, maybe where you got started. And then maybe jump into the transition that you had from maybe more traditional bedside nursing to care management. Right. So that was a, a period that took about 30 years, uh, really backed into it, back, back engineered. And as I, I like to say that some, some people's vocation chooses them instead of the other way around. So I really didn't understand when I started out as an LVN um, doing skilled nursing 
I didn't understand where that would lead me. And then I went from there on to various levels of care, acute care in hospitals, um, home health care, hospice, palliative care, non-medical home care, and eventually had evolved myself into realizing I had multi-system expertise that fit perfectly with geriatric care management. Okay, so when was that, I don't know, epiphany may not be the right word, but when did you say, hey, geriatric care management is for me, I wanna try this out? Well, I'd actually functioned in that domain before there was really even a name for it that I was aware of. I was a patient care coordinator for Inland Hospice in the uh, late 80s. And it was a non-medical role in terms of we were patient advocates and liaisons and uh, did some mediation with families. And I found that that role suited me well, kind of a combination of nursing and social work. Okay, and where was Inland Hospice? Where is it located for our audience? It's in Pomona. Okay. Um, I don't know if they're still operative. That was right when hospice was early and it's being hardwired into the system. Yeah. So they may have morphed into another another sort of form by this time, another company. Okay. So did you get into care management um, for someone else originally, or did you just say, you know what, I'm gonna do this on my own? Oh no, I learned the model. I, 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 knew, I knew the role, and I knew that that was really my true calling and not hands-on nursing. Um, and it wasn't until we came to San Diego, we moved to San Diego from the Inland Empire area in uh, 2000, no, I'm sorry, 90, 1990, that sounds so long ago. <laughs> um, we moved here and I worked in skilled nursing for a good part of that decade. And okay. then right around the mid 90s, I um, discovered a company called Assist. Uh, shout out to Suzanne Slaughter and all those people that I worked with at Assist. That was the first private duty care management company that I whatever was aware of. I didn't know there was such a thing as, as private duty care managers. So I went to work for ASSIST, worked with them for several years, learned the model, learned the um, out of system, out of healthcare world, insurance. It's all private pay. It was at that time and it remains largely so. And I learned the um, community of people that inhabit that space, which is uh, non-medical home care, non-medical private, care management, um, attorneys, elder law attorneys, fiduciaries, trust officers, all those, um, the mobile doctor community that is yeah. really a little out of the ball, or it was then, it was just, just starting with CallDoc in San Diego. Okay, cool. So you mentioned non-medical home care. Um, I think most folks on the show um, know what that means, but can you define very briefly when you say non-medical home care, what do you mean by that? That's such a good question, and there's a big answer to it, so I'll try to keep it really succinct. Non-medical home care, first of all, means that it's not paid for by insurances, typically. Let's just use that as a primary differentiator. Medicare won't pay for the extended care, um, so that means home health, which is your medical provider when you go home for a certain period of time and under very well-defined criteria, will is paid for by, by Medicare and other insurances. Um, care, non-medical care, whether it's home care, um, which is professional, um, non-professional, so they're caregiving 
staff, not nurses, not social workers or therapists. That's all insurance-based. Um, Non-medical care management are social workers typically and nurses, so they are professionals, have professional licensure, and that that arena is non-medical in in a clinical sense. We don't actually do hands-on nursing and bill insurance for it. So I think um, you know we're recording here, you know, almost 30 years later from when you moved to or got into non-medical space, maybe 25, 30 years. I think a lot of seniors think their insurance is going to cover everything or most things. So what would you say are some specific key things that people should know insurance doesn't cover that a private care manager can help with? Right. So this is something that I I need to explain to people all the time, including providers who don't really understand that there's a world outside of the insurance-based health system and that that's actually where most people spend, most elders spend most of their time, which is at home um, or in board and care facilities, assisted living, all uh, are categorized as RCFEs okay. or residential care facilities for the elderly. You say board and care, and mm-hmm. then you also said assisted living. Right. Um, what is board and care? So there is a whole continuum and a span of RCFEs. So you can either be a smaller board and care facility, like, for instance, six-bed, 12-bed, or a larger one, for instance, 100-bed facility like the Remington Club. So those terms are often used interchangeably. I use the assisted living to, to designate the, the, the larger facilities and the board and care are the smaller. That's in my lexicon. Seems to work for me. Yeah. And RCFE is more of a technical term referring to licensure and regulation. And um, so the advocates that I work with who are working in the RCFE space use that more because that is a higher level um, term when referring to a, more of a, regula- a regulatory um, situation. Okay. So you help people navigate this complex system of the non-medical world while probably helping them with their medical situation. And um, when did you decide, you know what, I think I know this well enough that I can create my own company. When did that happen? What inspired that move? Well, circumstantially, actually, wasn't a, a intentional decision. Again, a lot of this has been, as I said, vocation calling me. Um, things just lined up to where that's the only thing that made sense to do. And I that happened in 2001. I started my own, started a sole proprietorship, and then did an S corp in 2002. Um, worked alone for the first five years, which was really interesting. Um, yeah, I want to ask you about that. So if you work for someone else, you kind of have a steady income, right? And you mentioned your upbringing, you're passionate, you're spiritual. Um, you thought about being a nun, like you're truly in it for, I, so I always, there's like two sides of this in my, the way I think. There's the business side and then there's the care side. So what I see in your upbringing, Cindy, is you have that care side, right? Care, care, care. You're working for someone else. You don't have to worry about finances. Now there's this like business side to you coming in as well. So were you at peace making that decision to jump in on your own and not have that steady income? Tell us about that. I don't know. How honest do you want me to be? 
Well, there's uh, there's going to be lots of people listening, so um, you tell me. Uh. <laughs> it was a very challenging journey and covered with, um, not to be dramatic, uh, just a lot of prayer, a lot of agonizing. I, w- I had a young, I had just been freshly divorced, young son at home, and it was the absolute worst time in my life that could have happened. So it was, it was quite, quite a journey through those first few years. Uh, if you mind me asking, uh, how were you able to find support during that time? Or um, Basically, I couldn't. Okay. Um, so, you know, because it was, we, we have a great business model. It's proven it is unending in terms of the demographic and the need. But because uh, I did not have the assets to be um, able to get a loan, even an SBA loan, a single mother, you would think that I would be the perfect client for, uh, but it didn't work that way. So I financed myself wow. for the first couple of years, which was frightening, yeah, terrifying. And, um, you know, God was good and saw me through. And I just grew a little by, by little. And in the, about the third year, I was in the black and had a handful of clients and felt confident in what I was doing. And then I, about five years in, started getting some help to do um, my office support and um, probably 12 years ago maybe closer to 15 I I hired some well I, I had first hired nurses to help me so they were all over the county okay um, mostly RNs who would see clients on their off hours from their other jobs uh, yeah. in their geographical areas so they didn't have to drive very far so I developed uh, one or two nurses that worked with me um, had a, a small office staff, and then I started to bring in paraprofessionals, um, like medical assistants, yeah. to uh, train them to be my assistants, and I, I coined the term assistant care management okay, cool. to describe and differentiate them from a certified geriatric care manager. Yeah. So that's how the company grew. Uh, I, I now am... The, through a series of, of more evolution, I am the only nurse at the time, but I've got two assistant care managers that are fantastic and uh, still a staff that helps me with, uh, we also, as you know, have a home care agency, so I've yeah. got a staffing side and an HR side and compliance and all that that you have to have and accounts, um, yeah. all that. Le- yeah, let's talk a little bit about the, um, how you decided to come up with a home care side. We're gonna take a short break. And when we come back, I'd like to hear what made you make that decision. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. All right, folks. Welcome back from the break. So before the break, Cindy had shared a little bit about her uh, structure of her organization now, which includes some staff and assistant care managers and also a home care uh, side of the business that you've talked about, Cindy. Uh, When did you determine that? having a home care side of the, or non-medical home care side of the business, which in California is now known as a licensed home care organization, providing home care aids in the home. Yeah, what inspired that? Well, I had worked with the non-medical home care community since uh, I started working in San Diego in private care management. So I knew a lot of the home care companies and a lot of the owners had worked with pretty much all of them and their caregivers on site and had also worked with private duty caregivers so i knew both sides of that world 
And I really wanted to focus on doing care management and patient family advocacy consulting. Really didn't want to get into that end of things. Uh, figured I would just work with the multiple providers that I knew. And at some point it became, well, after 10 years of trying to make that model work, it seemed it would be better if I took it in-house and had an integrated model. Obviously, it's more difficult to work with other people's staff and caregivers that don't recognize you as their, their boss. And so it just, it's difficult enough to manage the dynamic home care environment. That yeah. Anything, any, any chaos or complexity that you add to the system is not good. Okay. So that's why I took it in-house. Okay, cool. Um, now, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show or ask is the name Grace Care Management. How did you come up with that name? Well, I am a Christian, so of course there's, I like the theology of grace is very attractive. But I realize there's a lot of people that are not people of faith or may even be offended by that. So yeah. I did not want to, I didn't want to offend anybody by that title. So I, I, I referred, I, I know that grace is widely uh, known as a very beautiful concept in terms of elegance and graciousness and um, going above and beyond and those sorts of concepts and I liked I thought that it immediately conveys our mission it immediately conveys a sense of assurance and comfort yeah. so I thought it was a powerful word on so many levels and uh, so that's why I use that name very cool what's interesting is uh, I've known you for a couple of years now and sometimes if I'm talking uh, about your company I think of the acronym GCM Grace Care Management. Mm. What's interesting, and I don't know, I'm guessing this is a total coincidence, and you're nodding, mm-hmm. <laughs> geriatric care manager, Grace Care Management. That was a coincidence. Yes, I'd, I'd <laughs> call it a God thing, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I did not intend that and backed into it, because when I started doing private duty care management, there were only, it was not very well, this model, geriatric care management, was not well known. Yeah. So I wouldn't have even thought in those terms private duty care management was how I I thought of it. So after GCM started to really formulate and there were more and more of us across the country, then it became uh, clear in retrospect that it was a a nice coincidence. Yeah, definitely. I actually used a uh, geriatric care manager in North Carolina for a family member. Like you mentioned, they're across the country. So uh, there are more and more. There's still not a ton of experts, for sure. Can I speak to that just really quick? This yeah. is this is shocking to me, um, but it is it is the truth. There are so few geriatric care managers in the country. They're also called, as of the last few years, aging life specialists. So they're equivalent terms, um, which I won't go into the differences and and all that, but. There, there are not very many of us. The last time I talked to the national organization to ask her how many GCMs, aging life specialists, there were in the country, it was somewhere in the vicinity of 3,000. 3, yeah. And of those, probably a much, well, for sure, a much smaller percentage are nurse care managers. A lot, social work and some other things in there, but... Yeah. There's not enough of us to go around, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and, and social workers do good work, nurses do good work. Um, what, what would you say is uh, something, since you are a nurse, that might be 
I mean, obviously I can think of medical, right? Medi you, you can understand the medical a little bit better than a social worker. Is there anything you want to share with the audience about why a nurse case manager might be a better fit in certain scenarios? And again, social workers do great work. I believe right. in them too, but just yeah, wanted no, to... It's a question that I've, I've been asked many times and a question that I've thought about a lot. And um, I mean, all geriatric care managers are experts, whatever their licensure, wherever they're, if they're social workers, nurses, um, there's, there's some other allied health professional licenses that, that end up being involved in care management. But the real benefit, and I have found, and I like to write about this as well, is that in, in the elder care space, you know, and of course, we're starting to redefine that a little bit for those of us that are in our young elder years, over 60 and such. Um, there really is no such thing, especially as you get as you as you get up into the 70s and, and above. There's really no such thing as non-medical in this in in the geriatric population. I mean, it's helpful for discussions of of regulatory issues and that, but in terms of um, whether people have medical issues, it's really to say non-medical in the geriatric world is an oxymoron. Okay. Because most everybody has one or two chronic illnesses, yeah. if not more, everybody's on medications, cardiovascular medications and diabetic medications. And so a nurse in particular is going to be more acclimated to medications, to disease process. Yeah. You really need to know your disease processes, a wide range of them. And you need to know the language that is spoken, the vernacular in each level of care. So in hospitals, there's a certain language. Skilled nursing, you're going to have a certain language. Assisted living, you're going to have more of the non-medical language, but there's so much interface with the medical providers like home health coming in and hospice that there's going to be a lot of crossover. Nurses really can key in on that. We're very comfortable with going into medical charts and facilities and reading labs, reading physician orders understanding from the inside how things are wired, what the architecture is. It's really critical to know that. And a lot of good social workers pick that up by osmosis, but I find that there's just a different level of comfort. If you've worked with doctors and other nurses for 20 years, there's an immediate rapport yeah. as a peer. Definitely. And it definitely is there as well for social workers, but there is a there's more of a camaraderie, I think, speaking to a doctor if he knows you're a nurse or if another nurse who you're actually... Um, in dialogue with, or may, maybe there may be a little bit of a confrontational discussion happening over the treatment plan, yeah. she's going to give you more respect, or he's going to give you more respect than okay. if you're not a nurse. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Okay, cool. So uh, you've been out here in San Diego, where we're recording today, for quite a while now, and one thing I've noticed about you, Cindy, is um, you have a, a vast network of trusted referral sources, folks uh, from the financial world, fiduciaries, the legal world, elder law attorneys. Um, it's not easy to gain the trust of these folks. And um, knowing you for a couple years and um, having some mutual clients, I've seen that. So why in the decade plus, decade or two that you've been out here, why have you been successful? Going on three decades. Going on three decades. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think people know the real thing when they see it. I think they can tell after a very short period of time if you really care about people. And, you know, you would think that would be a, a no-brainer that if you get into this into this end of uh, 
this line of work that you care that's that's not always a given and we actually are very passionate advocates to the point where I do a lot of pro bono work and it's hard to it's hard to really put that into any formula except for just being authentic genuine and doing what you you say you're going to do and really caring about people is the equation over a long period of time to where people know that you are dependable and and really mean what you say and so that's that's how that happened okay wow uh, I think some some deep stuff there but uh, I've seen it in action uh, I've known Cindy as I mentioned a couple of years and worked um, with you on a couple of, of projects in the past and um, I definitely see it she's uh, when I say she I'm talking to you audience uh, very inquisitive calls with questions I see your brain moving um, constantly how do we solve this problem how do we get the right team in place and um, Thank you. Brain brain moving is a wonderful compliment. (laughs) I'll I'll take it. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, so that's great. Can I give a shout-out? Sorry for interrupting. No, please. Can I give a shout-out to some of the the partners that have really helped me along my journey? Yeah, absolutely. And continue to do so? Yeah. Dr. Michael Lobatz at Scripps Acute Rehab, um, head of Coastal Neurology Group, has been a, a big supporter of the staff at Acute Rehab, have been wonderful Attorney Phil Lindsley, lead attorney at San Diego Elder Law Center. Many fiduciaries and uh, advocates like CAR, Consumer Advocates for RCFE Reform, who really are um, improving quality of life and and the regulatory environment at uh, Assisted Living Board and Cares and all RCFEs. And it takes a village. You you can't do it all yourself. And the, I've seen the people that try to do it all themselves yeah. um, are not doing their clients a service. So I am I'm very keen to refer and bring in experts in other fields to work with. And I find like I find the outcomes are just superior when you do that. Yeah, definitely. So it would be great if there was plenty of you out there, and there's not because there's not so many experts, and they're hard to find and frankly you put in a lot of time and effort into what you do and so this does come at a cost as do all services sometimes in healthcare we don't see it because the insurer is putting up a gigantic payment to someone that we just don't see so um, an example is like if home health goes out they might get paid anywhere from and they're there for 45 minutes in certain cases they're getting you know 150 bucks but you don't see that for that 45 minute visit your insurance covers it with care management uh, historically and even today, it's typically out of pocket. What is the general cost of care? You can give a range of mm-hmm. for your services or your team services, but what can people expect from a cost perspective? The the range in San Diego that I'm aware of is between approximately a hundred dollars an hour. I know somebody that at least up until a year ago was charging just just under that to over two hundred dollars an hour. So it's a professional rate. Assistant care management, which is a model that I really am passionate about, makes care management available as a part of a team. That, that lead team, uh, I'm the lead of the team. Uh, any geriatric care manager could be a lead of the team, so you would have assistant care managers under you, but they are at a much lower cost than a certified geriatric care manager or aging life specialist. Okay. And I believe the need is so great that... This is a particular passion of mine to, I'd love to create a school and teach care management principles to a much larger demographic so that they can meet the need that's out there. Very good, Cindy. 
So how can folks find out more about Grace Care Management about you? How can they, do you have a website you can share with the audience? I do. It is um, gracecaremanagement.com. Our office phone number is 760-789-9177. You can also email me at, you can email me directly at at gracecaremanagement, C-I-N-D-Y, at gracecaremanagement, all spelled out, dot com. Yeah, as, I, as I've shared, folks, had the opportunity to work with Cindy over the last couple of years, and um, everything she's sharing in my experience is very authentic. You've been a joy to know over the last couple of years and uh, continue to work with today. Uh, so folks, again, that website is gracecaremanagement.com. You can reach out to Cindy by emailing cindy at gracecaremanagement.com. And lastly, Cindy, I wanted to ask, if people wanted to use your services, is there like a minimum? Do you offer like a, a consult over the phone or in person to get to know you? Is there any type of commitment just to like talk to you or see you? Thank you for asking that. Yeah. No, I give complimentary uh, assessments, informal complimentary assessments. First visit when you want me to go down and see your mother in skilled nursing, that is complimentary. I'm happy to talk to anybody over the phone at any time. So a formal assessment, for instance, I do expert witness work. A formal assessment is a a different price. So we have a menu of of services available at, at different prices, but our goal I never like to give anybody a reason to say no. So I will, uh, we work on an ongoing basis with our clients, no retainers, that's a, that's a differentiator. No retainers, we bill by the hour. We absolutely love what we do, so we find a way to help. Now some people will engage us for a short term period, come and be a problem solver, a troubleshooter, which I l- actually love doing that. Yeah. Just draw a little map for them. Here's where you are, here's where you need to go, and here's what the difficulties are between. If we can help you, great. If you n- have somebody else that can help you, super. And then, then there's other people that have us do medication setups once a week, check in on mom or dad once or twice a week or more as their condition is changing. Uh, some people have us every day, not very many, a certain percentage have very ill parents or family members, but I think the, the majority of them use us judiciously on a, a regulated schedule and then an on, on call. We're, we're on call 24-7, yeah. so if there is a change of condition and there's a crisis that's emerged and they just need to touch base with somebody and it's late Friday afternoon and you know you're not going to get your home health person necessarily or your doctor, they have a baseline safety net. They can call us at any time. We walk them through whatever the particular crisis is and um, help them triage and come up with some resources. So that's always available whenever they need it. So it's a great variation in the pricing. Some people spend a few hundred bucks a month. Some people spend a few thousand. Got it. Okay. Great, Cindy. Well, hey, thanks again for being our guest today, Cindy. We're recording in Carlsbad, California today. Appreciate uh, the time. And again, folks, if you like today's show and you're interested in learning about other episodes, check out pophealthpodcast.com. You can find us there on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And we love your reviews. So if you like today's show, um, please kindly leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews keep us towards the top of the charts and also uh, allow us to get guests like Cindy on the show. Thanks, everybody. Take care.